Welcome to The Drum Shuffle, a podcast offering insights, perspectives, and conversations for drummers. I'm your host, Jamie Eads. Hey, how's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode 101. Hope everybody's having a fantastic week out there. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy, enjoying this quiet time as we begin to reopen everything. Uh, Hope everybody's taking good care, getting lots of good practice time in. We have a fantastic conversation for you today. We're going to be joined by our old friend, David Parks. Uh, He's got a new project that we talk a little bit about, and we really talk about just the state of the industry right now, and I know you're going to get a lot out of that. So uh, he'll be joining us right after this message from our sponsor, Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand, and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center or heart of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned red hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of red hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned, we're going to be joined by our old friend and my brother, David Parks, here in just a minute. Um, David's got some really cool stuff going on right now. Uh, He has a new band Uh, that is really getting a lot of attention, and there's quite a bit of heat surrounding them. They are called Resist and Bite, and we talked to him all about that. Get an update on some other stuff that he has going on, uh, lessons right now while he's having some downtime, Um, just all kinds of good stuff. And you will remember David from being a co-founder of the Nashville Drummers Jam. And we've had David on the show before. Uh, He's a good friend of the show, uh, super, super dude. Um, And I, I just felt like getting David on here to kind of give his perspective because he's always on the road. 
And now that he can't do that and his constant motion has stopped, I was curious, you know, what is your take on everything that's going on during uh, this global pandemic? So uh, without further ado, help me welcome back to the drum shuffle, our good friend, David Parks. David Parks, my brother, how are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm busy, you know, busy <laughs> as I've ever been. You know, I got uh, right now I'm in an office uh, at home. And then uh, in about an hour, I'll make my way to the couch in the living room. And <laughs> spend about two hours in there. So then I got to go all the way down to the kitchen. And then uh, at some point, uh, there's an a. Uh, there's a little matinee in the bathroom. Oh man! Right after coffee. So, so, so the world, <laughs> yeah, busy, busy man. The world tour is encapsulated in about two thousand square feet, uh, is what I'm hearing. So, um, and I still, I still need a tour manager. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> well, I, hey man, look, you know, um, the the end of the world will end eventually. Um, or at least that's what I keep being told, you know, it, it is different, man. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, for, for a guy like you, I mean, you're always busy, you know, you've always got your hand in, you know, eight different projects, you, you know, you do tons and tons of gigs, you always got stuff going on. So this has got to be pretty difficult for you to just like sit still. You're not used to this. I, I told my girlfriend the other night, I looked at her, I said, so this is what it's like to wake up in the same place over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> oh, this is what it's like to wake up and know where you are. Yeah. Know what time's on your end. It's really weird. This is the longest I've ever sat still for hell since I can remember. Yeah, man. I, yeah, no doubt. So, but you know, with all of that being said, um, you know, I know you're trying to find, you know, new and creative ways to keep yourself busy and you've got some stuff going on. I, I know you, you might be doing some remote tracks and I, I know you're doing some lessons and stuff like that. Is that, is that enough to keep you busy enough or do, do you uh, want to do more? Oh, I definitely want to do more. Uh, there's never enough. Even when I was, even when the world was in go mode there wasn't enough um you know for a musician financially to keep moving it has to it has to be in non-stop mode yeah most of the time uh but as a creative standpoint too i you know for the first two weeks i was like okay give my ears a rest give my wrist and my legs and you know like this is good this is a this can be a good thing i'm trying to look on the positive side of everything and you know <clears throat> maybe a little slowdown was needed but now it's to the point where it's like, okay, you know, but the, you know, you see everybody on online right now doing live from their living room or live from the I got buddies of mine in Nashville just playing in the damn street. It's awesome. <clears throat> um, so you got things like that going on. Uh, I've given a few online lessons, um, but you got to think as well as people are looking at for that. They're also, everybody's doing it. Everybody, um, uh, is offering that. So the market got harder, yeah. uh, cause everybody's giving a drum lesson. Everybody's giving guitar lessons. Everybody's doing the online performance thing. And, you know, finding those outlets <clears throat> is kind of a little bit thinner than it used to be during this time, at least. 
Yeah. So I got a few lessons that I'm giving online. Everybody wants to do that. You go to my Facebook and find me through there. The lessons I've given so far, I've been finding I've been giving more advice and just talking than I am doing any playing. There'd be like 10% playing. The rest of it's all advice on how to get through a gig and how not to, you know, choke out the lead singer. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, you know, are you the right guy to give that advice? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't done it yet. I, I hear you, brother. Well, it, you know, it, it is a hard time. And, you know, I, it, of course, this has been kind of a godsend for the drum shuffle because everybody's home. Right. I mean, I can yeah. I can reach everybody's out to pretty available. much anybody and everybody's being still and I can, you know, do a lot of really cool interviews. But, you know, I was talking to one of my former guests and, you know, I, I thought, hey, man, you know, I've got this nice little, you know, project studio here at the house. Maybe I can do some remote drum tracks. And then, you know, exactly to your point, I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, for for a hundred bucks, you could probably get Ash Sohn or somebody to do your tracks right now, or Matt, or Matt Chamberlain. You you know what I'm saying? So, no, Kenny Aronoff's already doing it. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, uh, how much do I know, have to add to that mix? Uh, probably nothing. Well, the thing is, is is you do, and we both do. But <clears throat> I think what you're getting with a lot of other guys, and not to take away from them, but you're getting all, you're getting a name. Yeah. The, the reason they're paying that little extra is to look at their buddy and go, "Hey, man." Kenny Aronoff's on my record, you know, just there, it's the association that they're looking for. Yeah. And yeah, they're going to get a killer drum track, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, that that's, that's what they're really going for is they're just wanting to, they're wanting to bragging. Right. And there's some people, people that champion me or somebody that might champion you or that want you on that record. I want your touch or your taste on it. But <clears throat> I've, I've been, I've done that anyway, remote drum tracking for a while. Um, but not to the point to where it's kept me so busy. And I think it's going to, if this virus thing keeps up the way it is right now, it's going to escalate that to where everybody's doing home recordings and everybody's. So it'll, it'll go up hopefully. And we'll, you know, we'll see where that takes us. Um, speaking of getting, getting a hold of people, uh, uh, did you tell me that you finally got a hold of Troy Lucetta? Yes, Troy and I have have spoken on um, two or three different occasions now, and you know I I, I want to thank you for your efforts in that, and for for whatever reason it just never <laughs> it never materialized, <laughs> and I I had uh, David Northrup on the show a couple of episodes back. And, you know, we were just kind of chatting after our interview and he, he was like, well, who's on your Mount Rushmore? You know, you and I have this conversation a lot, you know, the Mount Rushmore of drummers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mentioned, of course, Troy, because I'm a huge fan of Troy Lucetta and he is on my Mount Rushmore of drummers, you know, that influenced me as a young player. And Northrop goes, well, you know, Troy's one of my best friends. And I was like, listen. I've been trying to get Troy on the show for over a year. And he was like, look, I, I, okay. Okay. So within 15 minutes, I had a text back from David Northrup with Troy's contact info. He was like, he's expecting your call. And in all fairness, you know, everybody has told me Troy Lucetta is one of the nicest guys in the business, but he has a million and seven things going on every hour yeah. of every day. And we've talked and we have, 
just kind of missed each other on scheduling the, you know, carving out an hour of his time, but it is on his to-do list. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, it's going to happen eventually. And that's going to be one for, for the record books as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I just, I just love him today. I, he's, he's like a brother from another mother, man. Uh, I, I've, I've been on him to call you too, but <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I think I sent him your number and everything and talked to him about it, but yeah, he, he, he is the most wonderful dude ever. We all know he's a tremendous drummer, but he does have, you know, not one full plate, a bunch of full plates. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> so I'm glad you're finally going to get a hold of him. I can't wait to hear the interview. Always love to hear him talk and what stories he has to. Yeah, man. I, to, I mean, and it goes without he's saying. He's got a lot to offer. Yeah, it, it goes he without. He do a 24-hour show. Exactly. It, it goes without saying. Himself. I'm just so looking forward to that one because he's been such an inspiration to me throughout my life. Now, um, let me ask you this, and, and I'm curious about your take on this, you know, um, and, and I'm going to get to your new project here in just a second, and, and there's a connection there. But oh yeah, what what is the new normal going to look like in your opinion? You know, I mean, you, you've got, uh, I, you know, you play in several different projects, and um, you, you know, you're always a first call kind of guy. If somebody needs somebody on short notice, they know that you're going to be able to get a 30 song set list down in, in a couple of days time. You're going to walk in with your, you know, <laughs> with your gear ready to go. You're going to have all the tempos in your, you know, rhythm watch or whatever it is you use. You're, you're going to be ready to play. Is that going to be the same after all this is over or is it going to be different? Uh, you know, I, uh, I've got in one side of my brain thinking, man, you know, I guess I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm just kind of, um, hoping it like something like they ring a bell and it all goes back. Uh, <clears throat> it all goes back to normal somehow but i don't think it's going to just because of talking to promoters and talking to other musicians who you know like hey man did your tour cancel yeah they canceled it or no they postponed it or this and that and the other uh resist and bite have a show that came in just a couple weeks ago through some promoters i can't talk about it but because uh, it hasn't been announced yet and all that stuff we all let them announce it first but we're scheduled for a um, the contract went through for a, uh, an amphitheater concert uh, later in the summer. And that, that gave me a little bit of hope thinking that maybe things are going to get back. People are looking forward to, <clears throat> to uh, getting on with those kind of things uh, and getting back to life. But as time goes on, you're starting to see people cancel this, cancel that. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be weird for a year. I mean, hell, even Broadway shut down. I mean, that was our go-to for making money during the week. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, I, I mean, I, 
from from just personal experience, you know, I and, and you know, I, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I don't buy a lot of concert tickets these days. You know, I mean, I I, I go to a lot of shows, and, and it's usually to see buddies that are coming through town, right? Like right, when somebody's right. coming through, they're like, "Hey, man, you should come to the show," and and that's great. But you know, we bought and paid a lot of money for Elton John tickets for this summer. You know, he's, he's on his, you know, eighth retirement tour or what, you know, whatever it is, but you know, he was coming through Lexington in June and we shelled out, you know, big bucks because I want my daughter to see Elton John. Right. I mean, that's, that's something she needs to see. She's young and you know, they, they ain't making that anymore kind of thing. Uh, and we just got notification, you know, within the last couple of days that, hey, that show is now postponed into 2021. No date, just it's postponed for at least six months kind of thing. Um, but it's it, it, it's good news for me to hear that, that you're saying there is business being done by the promoters and, you know, the, the buyers are willing to you know, ink some deals, so to speak, for when all this is over. And there's going to be some pent up demand, uh, you, you know, for concerts, no doubt. But I guess my curiosity is uh, around kind of the smaller touring acts, you know, that, that are that are booking their own tours and going around to the theaters and the and the larger clubs is that business still going to exist when this ends? I don't know the answer to that. I think I think that that's going to flourish more than anything, actually, because of this. The reason that your show got postponed without a date is because the powers that be, Ticketmaster, I'm looking at you, uh, don't want to give your money back. Yeah, well, yeah. <clears throat> if they cancel it, they have to return your money. Right. Uh, they... they it, there's a business end, the almighty dollar, man, that that's going to win at the end of it. Everybody's about that money. And <clears throat> so, you know, with the virus, you got uh, a group of numbers of people. People are scared of booking huge shows and taking a big loss right now. So nothing's going to be booked this year that hasn't already been booked that doesn't get canceled or postponed. Now, the little... 2,000 seaters, the 500 club, whatever, you're going to have those level acts go out because, you know, a group like Tesla is not going to play for five grand. Right. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they got to, <clears throat> you're not going to have your, your higher number, you know, I don't want to throw a number out there, but it, like uh, your, how much ever money going out and getting booked right now because promoters and places don't want to take a chance on losing that business because when they return your money, people are still being paid to do that. And, you know, you're going to lose fees and all that stuff. So there's a method to the madness on what's going on. I really believe that the bigger shows are going to not take place until late, late this year or, Cause you got to think right now, if something was to start in July, let's say like a tour, like the Motley poison tour, they, they're starting rehearsals in a week. Right. Or they already should have, you know, and I'm not talking about music. I'm talking about people don't realize about the production that goes on the truck drivers, the 
<clears throat> the loaders, the they have to rehearse doing that and doing a stage show. Right. They don't just show up on the first date and go over here. <laughs> it's not right. A bar, right. Yeah, you, you know? got to learn how so, all this stuff fits in the <clears throat> trucks, and you know who who has to get to the venue first, and you, you, I get all yeah. that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I. I mean, I just. I'm just curious, you know, for a stadium show of that size, a promoter has to guarantee a million bucks or two million bucks or or however much it is for that level of talent, that many hugely established bands. They are saying, I'm going to pay you a guaranteed amount and then I have to sell the tickets to fill the stadium. Right. And that's how the promoter makes their money. I just wonder, it, 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 even the, on the smaller end of that scale, a $5,000 artist, right? We, we mentioned that. Yes, it's a smaller risk for a promoter, but I don't know too many promoters that will say, hey, I'm going to guarantee 5000 bucks for you guys to show up to my club, and then that gets canceled because, you know, this, this virus yeah. is, is still around. I, I or just, ticket sales are down or whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. Sure. But the thing is, is on a, on a stadium act, you, you got, <clears throat> it's, it's not just paying the groups. Cause you know, you got like, uh, uh, a lot of those are, uh, bought tours like, uh, live nation. Right. Like, so <clears throat> you got a big money maker, a big money holder, uh, pushing those shows and, you know, whether, two people show up or 20,000 people show up or 200,000 people show up, Def Leppard and Motley Crue are taking home their money. Mm-hmm. And um, they're guaranteed. You know, they're missing out on the merch sales and everything else, but with the 5,000, let's say let's say it's a $5,000 smaller club, it's a lower risk, uh, and the insurance policy is, is lower. Uh, you, you know, you don't, like in a stadium, a lot of people don't realize the promoter has to take care of the, the, the toilet paper expense, the water bill that day. Yeah. The, I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it than just paying a band and showing up playing. <clears throat> so, and there's a lot of jobs at risk there. So, uh, I, I just think that, uh, and I'm hoping, you know, at least on the smaller scales and the smaller venues that that's a bit, that'll be a way that it starts. That's the way the ball will start rolling and getting it back. Cause man, people are going to be hungry for it. Yeah. People are going to be like, where's this at? Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree. Well, so, I, you know, I, we could sit here and debate you <laughs> the business end of this all day. Yeah, sure. and, and you and I, you know, we tend to talk about this stuff when we get on a call. This is, you know, this is the rabbit hole we, you know, inevitably go down together. But let, let's talk a little bit about your, your new project. Um, you, you mentioned the name Resist and Bite. Uh, earlier. And for the, for my listeners that don't know, Resist and Bite is a new project that you are in with an original member of Tesla, Tommy Skio. And uh, Tommy is just a phenomenal guitarist and, and a great human being. Um, just brutally honest human being. I mean, he just calls it like he sees it. And he is a hundred and ten percent in on this project. Now, Tommy has done other projects since leaving Tesla, you know, 15, 16 years ago. 
but this one he's he's all in on. And I have heard the lead single uh, called The Myth I'm Living. And I got to tell you, man, it's it's really good. It's very um, catchy. It's It's got a great hook. And it sounds a whole lot like Tommy Skio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. that's that's he a he can't help himself. That's I'm right. I'm telling you, man. It's a good thing, it, man. It's a good thing. It's such a pleasure. You know, people ask me all the time who are my favorite, who, who inspired me the most, and everybody thinks I'm going to start listing off drummers. And I, everybody's got their list of drummers, but man, I, I I go with guitar players, singers, like like nobody wants wants makes me want to go play drums more than Paul listen to Paul Rogers sing. Yeah. Or Sammy Hagar, or somebody with that soul and that <clears throat> that fire that you can't teach. You can be as good as you want all day long. If you ain't got soul and you ain't got fire and you ain't got that piss and vinegar behind you, you ain't got nothing. You're just another copycat. Uh and Tommy Skio has that thing. You know, I, I worked with him through, again, back to Troy Lichetta. I've been friends with Troy for, oh gosh, 15 years, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't know the number. I don't, we've been friends for a long time. <clears throat> and through him, you know, of course, hooked up with Tommy. I ended up playing the uh, skin suit record that we did about two years ago, and it just got released. But I'm really proud of that record. And I was working with uh, Stephen Stokes, who I played with in Low Cash. And after Low Cash, we went to form uh, the Southern Rock Revival with Eric Brittingham from Cinderella. And uh, we, we had a good run with that band. And Stokes and I work really well together. And he and I started working with Anthony Quarter from uh, Tora, Tora, Tora Tora. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we wrote a couple tunes, and through that, Tora Tora got back together. And uh, so we were without a singer, and now we're kind of back down to square one. And I had, you know, I was wanting Eric Brittingham to come in the band, but he was also working too much with uh, Britt Michaels at the time, and uh, still is, I assume. Uh, and so I went and got Brian Powell, bass player, worked with, with Casey James, and uh, I met him through the Jason Michael Carroll gig. And we're, we're working on this band, and I was like, "We need a second guitar player. Why? Why am I not getting? Why am I not calling Tommy Ski? Oh my gosh, you know." So I called Tommy, and I was like, "Yo, you want to continue this?" But I got this band I'm doing, and you know, I want to. He's like, "Yeah, let me hear some stuff." And he was kind of like, "Okay, let me listen to it." And then he started sending us stuff. Next thing you know, we're writing over the internet and sending each other lyrics. We had a singer that we we hired on and we met up at uh Holy Smoke Studios at John Luttrell's place in uh, Franklin, Kentucky. Uh, every few weeks we would show up there for like two or three days and start tracking. And we were just doing demos just, just to hash it out. You know, just, you know, some of the demos are six minutes long, knowing that when we release it, finally it's going to be a three minute long, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, all that going on and then the, the singer didn't work out. And, you know, had a few problems there. So he went on his way. Now we're worked out at Singer. This, this takes you up until like midsummer last year. And Tommy was freaking out. He's like, oh, man, where are we going to find a singer? Da, 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 da. They're, you know, they're not around anymore. I'm like, we'll find one. Just have some faith. 
And I got, I, I wasn't letting him know, but I was freaking out too. I was like, crap, man, we're not going to find a guy. And, uh, I frustratedly got up and just text Perry Richardson. He's now in Striper. Yeah. From firehouse. And I was like, yo man. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, man, I need a singer and I need, I need, and he's like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I want a combo of Paul Rogers and Oni Logan. And Oni Logan, I don't know if you know, he's the lead singer for Lynch Mob. Yes. And I said, uh, you know, the original anyway. And I said, uh, I said, that's what I need. I need him now. What do you got? And within like three seconds, I think he set my phone down. He sent me Nathan Oots and his phone number. And I was like, cool. And I was like, who's this guy? And he's like, well, he's been singing with Lynch Mob. <laughs> I was like, okay. You ask and you shall receive. So um, I called him. He was in Mexico touring with another band and doing whatever. And he was really interested. He, a couple weeks later, flew to Nashville. We all met up in the studio and <clears throat> we had all these tracks. And of course, they already had another voice on them and other lyrics. And I had started a song called The Myth I'm Living. Uh, I had written that about, um, you know, when somebody has a judgmental opinion of you from across the street, but they don't know you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like you get prejudged. That's what it's about. And <clears throat> I was reading up on an interview with that George Jung from, uh, you know, that movie blow. Yeah, sure. 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 The real life person. Yeah. He was talking about how, how he had, uh, he'll read stories about himself. And he'll go, that's true, that's true, that's true. But this stuff over here, I don't know what that, what that is. That's that's all legend. That's all. And he said he wakes up every morning and thinks to himself, what myth am I living today? <laughs> that's, and, that's, and I was like, you know. It's a good so subject, man. And I hung on. Yeah, sure is. And so I, I, I wrote it down and hung on to it for I don't know how long. And then 2018, I'm not going to say who it was, but I got pretty prejudged. And, uh, by a friend of a friend and I was, and I just looked up and I went, wow, what myth am I living? Yeah. And that person's mine. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to write that down. So I started writing, uh, some of it came out and Nathan come in and finished up the song the first day in the studio. He, uh, got that track. That's the first thing he'd done. Now that was meant to be a demo. And then I woke up one morning a couple months later to, hey, man, we're in the news. Wake up and check your Facebook, check your socials. And uh, it was out. A band photo had went out somehow. Somebody got a hold of it. And uh, next thing you know, it's on Blabbermouth. It's on Melodic Rock. It's on this. It's on that. And um, so people are starting to ask what is this band? You know, what's Tommy doing? Everybody's interested in Tommy, you know? And, uh, so next thing you know, a radio station calls and says, Hey, we want you on our podcast. We want you on this radio show. Can we have a song? And da, 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 you know? So, well, at, the, at that point, was, you're, was, you're, you're kind of, <laughs> you have to act, right? You can't say, well, we're not yeah. ready. Uh, Hold on for six months <laughs> until we get our ducks in yeah, a row. Because you're, you know, you, you have to react to that. Some of the uh, earlier projects with Tommy and from me and from other members, 
it gets leaked out too early that you're a band. And then, then two years later, they're like, yeah, yeah, they're not doing anything. Yeah. When reality we are, but I was like, let's give them something to chomp on. Let's give them something to build some stuff. So we all agreed. And, um, Stokes took the myth I'm living, went and mixed it, had it mastered and did a, he's, he's amazing by the way, our guitar player, Steven Stokes. He's great musician, great person and great, uh, engineer. He's, he's amazing, but he took that demo and turned it into what you hear right now. What's, you know, if you go down, if you go to shameless plug, if you go to Amazon, iTunes or Google play or Spotify right now and go get the myth I'm living from resistant bites. The only thing we have out right now, um, it, it sounds amazing, you know? Uh, but again, it's a demo and we kind of had to give them something and people started go look at the comments on YouTube. It, like one of the comments is, uh, just take my money, you know? And I love it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm really proud of it. And I'm proud of all that. We got, we got like 15 to 20 songs in the can ready to go, uh, go track, you know, they're in demo form right now. Sure. And and not to interrupt you, but I I do want to get this out. I mean, Tommy is out there working this thing, you know, so to speak, I mean, he he was on Eddie Trunk's show, uh, you know, oh, yeah, he was a, a month or so ago, which is, you know, in terms of hard rock music, it doesn't get much bigger than Eddie Trunk helping push your stuff. So you, you guys have gotten a great launch out of the gate. Now, it, it begs the question, and I'm not trying to give you a hard time, David, you, you know, you're my brother, but is this going to be, you know, given the, the world scenario right now? We're all locked in our houses. You know, is everybody going to stay on the same page? Is this going to be a band effort, you know, six months from now? I, I know you want it to be, but are you guys going to finish the record and, and tour and, and all that good stuff? It's it's a legit band is what I'm getting at, right? Yes, yes. This is not just it. This is not just a project. I think it kind of started out as just a project because everybody's got 17 irons in the fire. Yeah. yeah right. That, that, and you know, that's what I'm getting I'm, at. I'm not, I'm not trying to yeah. oh, be, no, no, be I, negative. I get it. I get it. There, there's that, there's that question. Everybody I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not against going out and working with artists. As you know, I've been playing with Casey James the last three years. Uh, Casey's got another project going on and I'll go play with him anytime he asked, anytime I'm available. I love that guy. Uh, he's a tremendous talent, but he's got his own thing going on right now. The, the world's kind of at a stop. And this is a perfect time for us to us five to get in the studio with a producer and really hash out this record. Um, the plan amongst all five of us, I think we all have the same oriented goal, is to get this record to a label uh, of some kind. Uh, right now, we're thinking Frontiers or Rat Pack or <clears throat> one of those record labels that has the clientele that's going to like this style of music. And... Uh, put it out there and, you know, hit the road. Uh, this year, our plan was to do five to 10 shows. I'll be surprised if we do the one that's booked. Um, <clears throat> we have had a few contacts come in. We're, that's, but that's the plan. We're, we're wanting to go make a record, tour that record. And, you know, if that's successful, do another one. Uh, but it's a legit band. Everybody's in on it. Everybody's doing the writing. 
And um, I think we've all had our feel of working for other artists and being the side guy and being the guy that gets yelled at because we left our shoes in the bunk area. Yeah. And <clears throat> we're ready to be our own bosses and, and take a stab at doing what we really want to do. This is the stuff that really turns us on. And like you said, Tommy is really into this. I get texts from him daily. Just, dudes, I'm listening to this song. I'm listening to this song. I'm excited. And he's pumped. And he'll write a new guitar riff and send it to us. You know, it's, it's not just another thing for him. And like I said, he can't contain himself, man. You heard, you heard that, the intro to that. Yeah, oh yeah. Come on. Yeah. That, that's that. Everybody is starting to hear that that's that sound that they recognize. That, that, that original flavor. And they go, oh, man, I miss that. There's that thing. And <clears throat> I'm telling you, uh, Tommy has it. He has the fire and the, and you know what? I'll say it in front of him and he's like, Oh man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm an idiot. I, I just barely play. <laughs> and he'll, he really thinks that he has zero ego, zero. In fact, there's days I have to pump him up. I'm like, dude, you're a badass. And he's like, Oh no, man, I thanks, man. I don't know, dude. I just, I'm just doing what I do. I'm like, man, you're amazing. And he doesn't know it. And that's the best thing about it, I think, because you don't have to deal with a rock star. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and I want to say this, you know, it's been very well publicized, you know, and I'm not here to get into any inner band politics, anything like that. But, you know, Tommy has had his struggles with substance abuse in the past. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, I I think everybody knows about that. But Tommy's been clean and sober now for a number of years, and um, that can only help his output, I would assume. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm glad you kind of brought this up. This is something that, that kind of like I wasn't too happy with, I think, Blabbermouth or somebody that I don't know if it was Blabbermouth, probably was Blabbermouth, uh, that there, he did the Eddie Trunk interview and the article headline was, I was fired from Tesla and I had a drug problem. I'm like, yeah, you know what? We also landed on the moon. Anything else you want to talk about that everybody already knows? <laughs> it's like, it's, <clears throat> but, but, but the, but the misconception is, is that they think, oh, you know, he's labeled as the drug guy. And I'm going to tell you right now, anybody that knows me knows that if he was doing drugs or was gacked up or whatever, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this project. I, and I don't think anybody else would either. He's the guy that came to the guys in the band during a recording session and said, Hey guys, can y'all lay off the whiskey for this track? You know? So people don't know that people don't see him. He's, he's the guy getting up early in the morning, drinking coffee and ready to rock. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, um, that problem happened years ago and that's what everybody still knows him as. And I think right now trying to get to the public that, Hey man, we all have problems. I'm glad mine aren't out there as much as his is. And yeah, he has no problem talking about it. He'll talk about every little detail and he'll do it on a public forum. He'll do it on a radio interview as you've heard probably. Um, but well, I mean, he's always been known as the guy that just calls it exactly like it is. And like he sees it. I mean, he, he doesn't. There's one thing he'll never do. He'll never lie to you. He, he, <laughs> that he, man right there tells you what's up. <laughs> right. And, and you, you know, know I mean? Tommy wears it on his sleeve. And, and that's been well documented as well. 
You know, I mean, the, the fact that he, you know, a lot of these artists, you know, um, and I'm guilty of this. You know, I mean, I don't do a lot of press, obviously, but if somebody asks you a very hard pointed question, you can gloss it over and give them some kind of bullshit that, you know, just yep. makes makes the question go away kind of thing. And yeah, there, there's more artists that, that people are listening to now. They're like, no, I don't do drugs and I don't do them anymore and blah, 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 blah. As soon as they hang up, they're doing a lot. They're doing, you know what I mean? Like, yes. and, and Tommy's like, yeah, I used to do all this effed up stuff and now I don't do it anymore. And people are like, yeah, right. And it's the truth, man. But he's the he, guy that really is clean now. Healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. so I, I, with all of that being said, you know, I mean, I, I've heard the song and it's it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think, you know, everybody knows how hard it is to launch something new now and get any kind of support from radio or, or it's just really hard to, to, to make a splash and get any attention. This deserves attention. And I'm telling all of my listeners right now, go download the track you know, pay your 99 cents or whatever it is, you know, you need to hear it because it's good. Um, what is the plan to gain some traction other than just going out and playing shows? You know, I mean, I, I know that's the logical thing to do, but, you know, you, you mentioned some labels. Do you have a PR team around you yet, or are you kind of waiting to see what, what happens with the label situation? As of right now, we're waiting on the label situation. We're, we're, okay. we're in the finishing the demo modes uh, to, to present to the label. We haven't approached any of them yet. I know that uh, I know two in particular that we are on their radar and they have, I don't want to say very much else, but that I, I know that things are being talked about, <clears throat> but we haven't had any contact right now. We're just making our, I think our plan is to make the best rock and roll record that we've always wanted to make. Yeah. Again, back to, I hate bringing it back to Tommy again, but that guy has so much good music in him and with him being sober and whatever, and he's got this fire underneath him and he's excited about going out and rocking. I mean, it's in his blood. It's, you know, you got people in Nashville walking around, um, they'll put on their, their cool shirt and their chain and do their hair up or whatever and walk down the street and be like, I'm a rock star. No, you're pretending. Tommy is a rock star. Yeah. Like, you know, right now he's sitting in Florida at his pool smoking half of a Marlboro and looking up at the sun with sunglasses on and he's got black finger polish on, you know, and that's not because he's trying to be cool for the neighbors. That's just who he is. Yeah. So th there's a hundred percent raw rock and roll right there. And every time he picks up the guitar, or sends me something, I'm like, I can't wait to see what you're getting ready to do. Cause it's going to be epic. And we're going to take that and make it into something else. So with this record, we just want to make the most, we don't have like a, a target audience. You know, we want rock and rollers, of course, you know, that's our thing, but, uh, and people that appreciate that style, but there's nothing, uh, uh, pretentious about any of it. It's, it's just pure rock and roll that 
we're going to make the one that we like and that we love. And then when it finally comes out to the public, whether they like it or not, right now all the you know reviews are going good. It is hard to get any traction, but I think we got a pretty good jump start. And that that what we didn't even try for that. <laughs> we didn't even attempt right. it. Like we just, it happened on its own. We, we, you know, we raised a little kitten and it took off and became a tiger. And we're like, uh, I think the plan is just to make the best demos we can present them to the label. And, and then I think that naturally a producer will come our way, uh, or we'll find one or he'll find us and we'll end up in the studio making a really good rock and roll record. And it comes down to product and that product will speak for itself. Well, that's very, Uh, you know, like, that's very refreshing to hear because so many, you know, new projects, bands, artists, whatever, you know, they, they, uh, you know, I don't want to call anybody out here, but it, it's, it's sort of, you know, trite and, you know, contrived and it's targeted to a very specific, you know, demographic and, They've got their whole marketing plan before they ever write the first song or turn on the, you know, the, the, the recording console or whatever. And, you know, I think you guys are going about it the right way. I, here's my hope for resist and bite. Um, you know, yeah, I'm rooting for you no matter what. If you told me tomorrow, hey, man, I joined a polka band in, you know, in <laughs> Pittsburgh, and that's what I'm going to do with my life, I, I would be your biggest supporter. You know that. I mean, we're brothers. Yeah. But, you know, my hope for you guys is that the cat didn't get out of the bag too early, especially with the whole earth hitting the pause button you know, right. right as every- I'm going to tell you this. I've, I've thought, of, I've thought about that too. I'm really glad it did because now we've got nothing but time. So, you know, right now our, our biggest hurdle is Nathan lives in Atlanta. <clears throat> I'm in Ohio right now. Uh, Stokes and Brian are in Nashville and Tommy's in Florida. So right now it's a distance and uh, <clears throat> us getting together is, and scheduling is the only hurdle. I, I'd say if you gave us two weeks in a studio, we'd come out with a shiny new record. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I think all of us feel like if this flies, great. If it doesn't, we made a wonderful, wonderful record that we really loved and that we, the original reason why we got in the music business anyway. And I think that if you do that, and it really shows it won't fail. And your, you know, ruler of success is measured upon your what you think is successful. Um, now we don't have any, you know, dreams of, you know, playing stadiums and going to do multi-million sales and all that stuff. We 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 know our limits. We know we're not, you know, to to sell those numbers today. You have to be Billy Eilish or some new pop thing or whatever, but we're just going to stay true to what we are. And, and, uh, and there, 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 there is a market and there are people that want to hear good rock and roll and, um, and new rock and roll. I mean, look at like, have you heard that band dirty Shirley with, uh, George Lynch and, uh, what's his name? Dino Jacelic, if I'm saying his last name correctly. Um, uh, Ooh, black swan. Go listen to that record right now. 
Yeah. It's on Frontiers. It's uh, Matt Starr, Jeff Pilson, Red Beach, and Macaulay from MSG. Yep. That's a good record. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, so, I've heard some I mean, of you that. Know, like, you know how like King's X has never gotten to that little, that level? And when they come to town, they play the 500-seater. But it's okay. I want to see them in a 500-seater. I don't want to see them in a – I don't want to be in the back row of an arena. I want to see them in a small room, and I want to fill the bass drum. Yeah. And I think that's our – that's our our goals are small and not, not – uh, uh, on that type of scale. It's that rock and roll that we want to see and want to do, not the, not the scale of we, – we would like to make a comfortable living – well, yeah, I mean, wouldn't we, wouldn't we all, I mean, I, you know, it's just, it's so hard, but you know, I, I, I'm really excited to hear all of the songs and, and see you guys live. Um, you know, I, I expect, uh, to be on the guest list when you guys come through central Kentucky oh, parks, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah, by man. the way, when we, I'll tell you more about that when we get off the phone Okay. Uh, or when we, yeah, remind me. Okay. I will, man. So, um, so I, I feel like this has been a really good conversation. We spent a lot of time on, on resist and bite, but you know, this is a drum show after all. Um, you you know, which, you know, I've told you, you come on the show, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. You know, I, I mean, I've said that. So, um, so this is good, but you know, we started off the conversation kind of talking about, you know, online lessons and, and things like that. What else are you personally working on? Now, I know you're holed up in, in Ohio. You've got your kit set up, all that good stuff. You know, wh- what is turning the crank for, for Dave these days? What are you working on? Uh, more songwriting. Uh, and, you know, working on my, you know, stuff like Chinese fives and stuff, like my, you know, little uh, rudiments, keeping my, Singles and my double strokes smooth. I'll, you know, I'll be in the living room and just all of a sudden pull out. My girlfriend's a drummer. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. So she gets free lessons and, and like, she'll start and I'll teach her. She'll like, Ooh, you know, and I'll, I'll teach her something and we'll get on the drum kit. And, and, uh, every time you teach, I always say a good teacher is always going to learn something. And I always love teaching it's like showing a kid something new for the first time. Their eyes get big, like, oh, and then when they finally accomplish that goal. So I'm working on myself uh, with different stickings and things that I've wanted to learn, you know, still working on all those Pat Torpulics <laughs> I can't play. And, you know, just trying to make myself better. Uh, using that time, using this time wisely, just sitting around ain't, ain't helping nobody. And, yeah. you know, it can be mentally exhausting as well as physically, and it can take its toll on both. So um, those kind of things, uh, self-discipline is going to get you further than anything. Nothing, there's no substitute for elbow grease. And uh, really be honest with myself going, you know what? My left hand is lacking in traditional grip. I need to go work on that. I want to work on my... I don't have a lot of opportunity to work on my brush skills. So I get out a set of brushes and a pizza box and go for it. Yeah. You well, know, 
I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Tommy is never going to look over at you in the studio and go, you know, this track really could use some brushwork. I'm just, just, <laughs> I'm not going to say what he would say. I can't cut. <laughs> put that, put that stuff away. Yeah. Where, where's the lumber boy? Um, well, that, that's cool. That, that's cool, man. That's, that you're, you know, that, that, that you're, you know, working while you've got some time off and, you know, I, I know this is hard for you. I mean, I've known you for a, a couple of years now, and and I know that this stuff is is difficult for you to sit around. You're you're, um, you, you know, dare I say, you're you're the energizer bunny. You've always you're always headed someplace. You know what I mean? And I, I know mm-hmm. this, I know this isn't easy for you, but uh, you know, do, do your best. Tell everybody where they can reach out to you. What What is the best way to get in contact with David Parks? The best way to get in contact with me is through my Facebook page. Uh, find me on Facebook and send me a message. And you might have to do it two or three times. Uh, <laughs> my, I, I, I had somebody build me a like page a few years ago and I was never comfortable with it. And I can't, I don't have time or the energy to monitor multiple pages. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm already at the 5,000 limit. So I think like when you send a message now, like some of them go to another folder or something, it gets hidden. I found messages in there from 2016. I never know what got sent, (laughs) you know? Um, but just find me on there. Uh, if you want a lesson or want, I, I got drummers hitting me up all the time asking me my, what I like tuning wise and what's my favorite snare drum and what uh, they, they listen to records and I go, what were you doing right there? What was your right hand doing? And I can't figure it out. And that kind of thing. I, I get that all the time. So, and I'm, I'm grateful for anybody that's even interested in anything I'm doing. So yeah, anybody wants to contact me through my Facebook page, or you can go to the resistant bike Facebook page, go give that a like and, and contact us through there Cool as well. Awesome, man. Well, we're, we're going to send some folks your way. Um, you know, if, if you guys want some primo instruction from, from one of the, the busiest guys I know behind the kit, um, hit David up through his Facebook page. Uh, you know, we're all, I, you know, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but we're all looking for ways to uh, keep revenue coming in. I know David would mm-hmm. appreciate it, you know, uh, take a lesson, um, you know, go download the resist and bite track, the myth I'm living. Uh, it's available wherever fine downloads can be found. Um, you, you need to do that. Let's support one another. I'm also on Venmo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go, man. Everybody, what's this go? Throw money in there. That's fine. Yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't grab about that. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Well, this is all going to be over with soon enough. And, you know, it goes without saying, you're welcome on this show anytime. Uh, when the resistant bite record is finished, let me know. We will have you on and we can go through it track by track if you want. I think that might be cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that. That would be fun. So, uh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Cool, man. Well, keep me posted. I'll give you an advanced copy of everything, too. Oh, that's very kind of you. I'll be looking forward to that. So, David, as always, man, thank you so much for taking time to do it. Uh, We will talk to you very, very soon, brother. Yeah, brother. Thanks so much, man. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. See ya.
All right, guys and girls, that's going to wrap up episode 101 of the Drum Shuffle. Uh, I sincerely thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Um, we get asked all the time, you know, how can we help? And my call to action is the same as always. Leave us a review, share a link with a friend, hit the subscribe button. That helps us more than you will ever know. And we are truly appreciative of all your efforts to share the show with friends and neighbors. Next week, uh, much, much long overdue. Uh, that didn't make a lot of sense, but a very, very long overdue interview. One of my all-time favorite drummers, one of the biggest influences to me as a drummer. I will be joined next week by the legendary Troy Lucetta of the band Tesla. Um, just a fantastic interview that we had. You are not going to want to miss that. So make sure you tune in next week to hear my conversation with Troy Lucetta of Tesla. Uh, special thanks go to David Parks and David Northrup, the two Davids that we've had on the show here recently for helping me get in contact with Troy and get that set up. Uh, it really means the world to me that those guys helped me do that. Uh, and again, long overdue. So you're, you're not going to want to miss that next week. We've got a ton of other great guests coming up in the weeks ahead. So make sure you do hit that subscribe button. I will remind you that we answer every single email that we get here at the Drum Shuffle. Uh, that email address is the Drum Shuffle Podcast at gmail.com. Our web address is the Drum Shuffle.com. And you can find more information on me over at jamieeds.com. While you're there, click on those social media links and you can follow me and the show via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all that good stuff, hashtag the drum shuffle and all the stuff that, that all the cool kids do. Hey, thanks again for listening. I truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. So until next time, may your head stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.